Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to the Ledger Labyrinth. My name's Abraham Ledger Rodriguez, and uh, I'm really glad to have you guys here. Uh, you know, I started this podcast, uh, you know, because I kind of wanted to talk about technology. I kind of wanted to explore it more in general. I'm a computer science major at the University of Georgia, so I thought this would be a really cool outlet in which uh, I could have people on and uh, really put it out there, you know, have people learn from the guests I have on, and really have an open conversation, you know, to facilitate, you know, me conceptualizing these more advanced ideas, you know, and I think it would be very interesting to have some of these people on, but really, I'll have anyone on, you know, whether they're in tech, working with it, they're scientists, or they're just anyone, you know, I'd like to have some comedians on in the future. You know, maybe if this gets popular one day, we'll have, you know, maybe some people who are in movies, some actors, some musicians, maybe some people in the industry. But if not, I mean, I'm kind of just cool with talking. I don't really care how big this gets right now. You know, honestly, this is more for myself. I kind of just want to keep a log of the things I've learned, you know, keep some progress going. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, some background about myself. I'm 20 years old. You know, I go to the University of Georgia, of course. I study in computer science. And that's about it. I'm on my spring break right now. You know, and uh, I think that's partly why I'm recording this episode. Is uh, I had nothing better to do, honestly working on a computer science project, uh, got to make like two different types of abstract, uh, data types or something. And, uh, you know, honestly, I kind of needed to break from that cause I don't know what I'm doing on it right now. <laughs> to be quite honest. But yeah, I mean, most of what I've done like the past few days, just kind of been watching some movies, honestly. Played a bit of Elden Ring, new uh, Souls game. It's honestly a lot like Bloodborne, a lot like Dark Souls 2, definitely. They, they, they've just been building it up, man. It feels like they've been building it up for years. I mean, they made Sekiro, they made Bloodborne, all the Dark Souls games. And they basically just mashed it all together. <laughs> and it's massive. Freaking massive. I had somebody leading me through it who had like 30, 40 hours in the game. And I got four hours in, and apparently I wasn't even that much through it at all. And the average playtime is like 50 hours, I saw, but it might even be more than that. Because my friend's, like, like I said, like 30 hours in the game. He's like, oh, I haven't done most of this map that you looked up online. <laughs> yeah, but I think that's, that's going to be one of the best games of all time, Elden Ring. So I'm definitely going to be playing that more over the break. But... I got some time, so I was like, you know, let's record a podcast episode, you know. Been wanting to do this for a while. No better time than the present. Other than that, like I said, I've been watching some movies. Uh, the new Batman movie came out on Thursday. That that was a really good movie. Not just uh, in the realm of superheroes. No, no. That, that was, like, one of my favorite movies in general. I've seen some pretty good movies. I think... Uh, my favorite movie is uh, Once Upon a Time in America. I always plug that movie. It's uh, it's not too well-known. You know, it is it is a very famous director. You know, Sergio Leone, he made the Dollars Trilogy. You know, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Once Upon a Time in the West. But that was his last movie he made before he died. <laughs> and it's definitely a masterpiece. It's like four hours. Definitely recommend checking that out one day. Yeah, the Batman movie, uh, you know, many people have described it as a neo-noir. I think that's an accurate description. I've seen many uh, neo-noirs, such as uh, Chinatown with uh, Nicolas Cage. Or, uh, not Nicolas Cage, Jack Nicholson, my bad. With Jack Nicholson. That's an amazing movie. Probably one of the best screenplays that's been written to date. But yeah, and the, the Batman movies just keep getting darker, honestly. You know, first it was, you know, uh, what was his name again? 
freaking Jack Nicholson. I keep forgetting his name. You know, he was in the Batman movies, I think, like, in the 80s or something. Shoot, let me look that up real quick. Jack Nicholson's Batman. Oh, that they're actually late 80s. Okay. Some people will say they're in the 70s. Yeah, that makes sense. So they're, they're in the late 80s, but they weren't that dark, you know? They were kind of comedic in some ways, lighthearted, definitely. I mean, the Joker, he actually just looks like a clown in that, you know, not intimidating at all, really. And it's kind of... Actually, wait. My... Oh. <laughs> I, thought, I thought Jack Nicholson played Batman. It's Michael Keaton. Oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. Jack, Jack Nicholson was the Joker. Okay, that actually makes a lot more sense. It's pretty cool. And Danny DeVito played the Penguin, I think. Can't remember how many of these movies they had. <laughs> was it just one? Okay, I guess I'll, this time I'll look up Michael Keaton. Batman movies. So I guess there's more than one. Yeah, there's Batman, Batman Returns, Batman Robin. What's this? And that's just the original Batman, 1943. So, yeah, they, they had a few of those movies over an eight-year span, it looks like. <laughs> Who played Robin in that movie, anyways? People have actually seen these movies. Oh, man, that's an abysmal score. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, people I know have seen these movies, and they uh, say it's a terrible movie, Batman and Robin. Now I see, man, 3.7 IMDb, 12% Rotten Tomatoes. That's not good. <laughs> yeah, but the new Batman movie... It was crazy good. Uh, I, I think Robert Pattinson, he really he really changed his... Uh, I, I guess what people think of him, you know. Most people just recognize him as the guy from Twilight. You know, the vampire guy. I've never seen Twilight personally. I think my sister and uh, her old friends used to watch that a lot. <laughs> but me, I haven't seen Twilight at all. I think my best friend had to watch that for film class. Which is kind of an L. Kind of an L. I mean, he says it's okay. It's not too bad. We, we've seen some bad movies over the years, man. But honestly, yeah, I watched uh, the new Batman movie. It was an epic. I mean, definitely it was like three hours long. <laughs> but like I said at the beginning, I'm no stranger to long movies. So uh, it was no problem for me to sit through. Ah. Uh, you know, there are some parts of it I didn't like. You know, oh yeah, like I was saying earlier. Like I was saying earlier. You know, it keeps getting darker every time. You know, there was the Michael Keaton, Jack Nicholson one, which is a bit more lighthearted. And then there was the, the Christian Bale ones in the 2000s. You know, those got darker. They didn't touch Batman for a little bit. <laughs> Until it came to uh, the Joker movie in 2019. Hard to believe that was three years ago. Actually, it feels like more than three years ago. Last couple of years. Taken a while. Definitely. <laughs> but yeah, in 2019, it got a lot more gritty, a lot more dark. You know, and this iteration, finally, you know, it's like a neo-noir. Everything is corrupt. You know, without giving any spoilers, you know, everyone's corrupt. You know, you're, you're really taking the red pill when you're going into that movie, you know really ruins a lot of people's perception over, like, I guess, true evil. You know, it's really an expo exploration of that. And there's going to be more, you know. I'm not going to say who they foreshadowed, but they foreshadowed another villain at the end of the movie. <laughs> I don't know who's playing him. I, I forget, but that's all I'm going to talk about in terms of that. I mean, it's still a new movie. came out, like, five days ago, like I said. Yeah, that was a good experience. I honestly went to it last minute. I was uh, working on something for school, as usual. And then my friends were like, hey, dude, we're going to the mall of Georgia to watch uh, Spider-Man. Not Spider-Man. To see Batman. And I was like, dude, I might want to come with you guys. But they were like, okay, there's going to be no seats left. And, of course, they were right. There was, like, three seats left in the entire, like, IMAX theater, <laughs> which was massive, of course. Like, very nice theater. Uh, but I found one on the very edge of, like, a middle row. I sat quite a length away from them. They were, like, kind of behind me. I kind of, like, see their reaction. 
uh, during the movie, but it doesn't matter. You know, I was pretty invested the entire movie. Didn't need other people's reactions, per se. <laughs> but that was definitely a lot of fun. I mean, some people were comparing it to uh, the Spider-Man movie. Shoot, like, the Spider-Man movie, it was good. You know, it, it was good. Uh, that came out in December. You know, I mean, it, it's just fanfare at that point, man. Y- you compare, like, a an amazingly made movie with, uh... Oh, shoot, the guy from Okja... He he was the Riddler. Freaking the guy from Okja and uh, There Will Be Blood. Oh my gosh. That's such a good movie. I love Daniel Day-Lewis. Uh, but I, for, I forget the name of the guy. Let me see. Uh, Riddler. Batman 2022. <laughs> What's his name? Paul Dano. Oh, Paul Dano. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's a good actor, man. He's a good actor. He hasn't been in too, too much that I've watched. I've watched now three movies with him. Honestly, I've liked his performance in all of them. Really have. Yeah, but people were comparing uh, the Batman movie, the Superman, or to the Spider-Man movie, like I was saying. I just couldn't really see the comparison. You know, they both got very highly rated, but the Batman movie is in a league of its own. Of course, in my opinion, it's the best bat superhero movie in general. I mean, mostly... I've heard this this view espoused by my friends that, you know, the best superhero movies are not superhero movies at all. You know, I think I agree with that. You know, it was very grounded in reality. There are very few supernatural elements to the movie. But, you know, he was still, you know, a guy, like, really kicking more ass than he should have been. And, yeah, I mean, I think that qualifies as a superhero movie. I mean... He's in a superhero universe made by a superhero a superhero company, you know, DC. So, you know, it's a superhero movie, but it's very grounded in reality. I think that's why it's so dark, is that, you know, every part of it feels real, and it's just, like, three hours of, like, kicking you in the face, man. Whereas Spider-Man, like I said earlier, is just pure fan service. You know, I mean, Tobey Maguire's Spider-Mans were so good. And then uh, Tom Holland ones. I mean, people like that, but I've seen all of them. They're all, like, pretty mediocre. And listen, Spider-Man 2 with uh, Tobey Maguire is leagues, leagues above uh, No Way Home. Definitely. (laughs) I mean, parts of it were just not well-written. You know, I think my main concern with the movie was it was just not spaced out well. You know, there, there were parts of the movie when I was like, okay, uh, you know, this should have been filled with something else. Or why are they even going on this quest where they're like, like, it's like a montage of like helping out the old villains and everything. And I'm like, oh my gosh. <sighs> These movies have to be so self-righteous nowadays. You know, they can't just make a good movie. They have to give everyone their due. You know, like Jamie Foxx, they have to give the Green Goblin... Freaking the one from Amazing Spider-Man, like the guy in the sewer, I think. I don't even remember that. That was probably Amazing Spider-Man 2 with uh, Andrew Garfield. People try and be nice uh, about those movies. I'm not going to be nice about it. They're not that good, you know. There's a reason they only made two of them. You know, the Amazing Spider-Man 1 was passable enough to where, like, you know, they got some box office uh got some box office traction but the second one just not good they killed off mary jane they killed off her dad too like that's kind of brutal (laughs) like holy shit you know they tried to give him redemption when he uh saves zendaya oh dude that reminds me that reminds me of the movie that came out last year again the last year dune dune was so good uh honestly sci-fi movies definitely one of the things i like the most one of the types of movies my favorite you know in terms of how it looks she was blade runner yeah yeah the old blade runner movie looks so good i mean it's dated in the best way you know like so many parts of it look fake but it's it's such a nostalgic type of sci-fi look (laughs) that you know if they didn't do the cgi in dune so well it would have gotten overshadowed 
but I think I think that's what really helped them is that the CGI in Dune is the best CGI that's ever been done. It seems like. <laughs> I mean, for me, hands down, they uh, you know, they CGI like the entire desert of a planet. You know, like the these big old worms and everything. It just looks spectacular, man. It reminded me of Destiny, honestly. Destiny and Destiny Two. I don't play those games anymore, but when I did, man, had poured a thousand hours in them. Uh, probably more, because that does not count the time when you're idle. <laughs> and man, I was idle so much in those games. You know, waiting for a raid party, going on LFG. You know, and then finally going into the raid and everything. I spent like two thousand hours in Destiny One, Destiny Two combined, because I played them on different consoles. I think my dad got me the game when I was in the eighth grade, maybe. Yeah, when I was in the eighth grade. <laughs> uh, remember he had to buy a hard drive for me for uh, Xbox, and that was such a foreign concept, you know, because I didn't have many gaming consoles. And why didn't the Xbox 360 come with a hard drive? I have no idea. Like, I feel like there are only a few games you can even get on the thing. I mean, somehow I played Black Ops 2 without a hard drive. Uh, see, dude, one of the best COD games of all time. Actually, the best COD game of all time. Let's get that squared away. It didn't even require a hard drive, man. <laughs> you know, now they got COD games that are doing, like, 120 gigabytes easy. Fortnite's doing that, man. And they just can't compare. Black Ops 2 is an absolute classic. <laughs> but yeah, Dune really reminded me of uh, of Destiny. And I, I think that's what I like most about it. You know, Destiny is an incredibly nostalgic game for me. Uh, I think that's why I've been... It kind of, like, shows my interest in, like, technology and sci-fi. Because I just think that stuff is so cool. You know, like, pulling out a sparrow out of thin air, man. Like, all, like, the pyramid ships and everything. The aliens. Oh, my gosh. Like, the Vex and the Hive are, are just so cool. Because, like, one of them, they're, like, opposite sides of the spectrum. The Vex are, like, extremely scientifically advanced, I guess you'd say. And the Hive are just kind of, like, spiritually enlightened, man. Freaking enlightened, you know? Freaking transcendental. You know, they're, like, interfacing with each other, man. Freaking crazy. <laughs> They're seriously like classic aliens. Whereas the Vex are. The Vex are kind of weird, man. They could seriously wreck everyone, but they're, they're just disinterested. You know, they don't care at all. They could seriously wreck all the Guardians by themselves, just put them all in a simulation. But somehow, somehow there's like a Deus Ex Machina that just always saves them, you know, because the light is so powerful. And now they don't even use the light anymore. Like, the light and dark are not good and evil anymore. It's just kind of they're different sides of the same coin. You know, they're, they're both power forces. It's just the enemies use darkness more, you know? <laughs> so, so that means, like, we're not even protecting the Traveler. Which I thought that was the whole premise of the game. Well, the, the premise of the game, before it released, was like... Supposed to be that the traveler was an imposter, man. Freaking Among Us. Uh, freaking imposter, yeah. And uh, he was gonna betray them. You know, it turns out that everyone that was attacking, you know, the Fallen, the Hive, freaking Cabal, the Vex, they've all been wronged by the traveler, and that's why they were coming to Earth. <laughs> and that makes sense to me. You know, but they scrapped that. Apparently, they have an actual story now. Uh,. According to my roommate, Kaysen, he actually still plays the game. He got the new DLC that came out like a month ago, I think. Which I remember that from high school, man. The DLCs came out in February. That was the best time of the year. I remember playing uh, The Taken King. I think that was like the 10th grade for me or something. That was some of the best time of my life. A year before I stopped playing video games. I think I stopped playing video games like the middle of 11th grade, beginning of 11th grade, something like that. Honestly, I mean, it hasn't really done much for me. You know, some people report, you know, not playing video games has changed my life. 
honestly, maybe I should have never stopped playing video games. It honestly wasn't that big of a detriment to me. I could have scaled it down, like, a lot. You know, if I was able to quit cold turkey, obviously, I could have just scaled it down to, like, an hour and would have been disciplined that way, you know? I didn't think video games was ever too much of an obsession for me. It was just seriously the best thing to do, you know? Just the most fun thing to do at the moment, you know? When I chose between, you know, playing outside, playing football, you know, or playing Destiny. Destiny was just so much more fun, you know? Probably better for my brain, too. I played, like, one year of football. Good thing I didn't play any more than that, you know? Some people are still experiencing brain damage from that, man. Yeah, speaking of that, it's, like, weird trade rumors coming around that, like, uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to get traded to the Pittsburgh Steelers, which I'm a Steelers fan. So, I honestly would like that. I honestly would enjoy a trade like that, but everyone else is like, that's terrible. You're going to give away the entire franchise's future to this one player. And I was like, eh, you know, I feel like that's what they always do, you know, in sports. I feel like that was just the old way of doing things, you know. You just try to get a good player, you know, and uh, you didn't really care about the future. You know, you tried to win now. But because of, like, all the basketball stuff recently about, you know, I think it's like the Philadelphia 76ers that kind of started, you know, trust the process and everything, you know, and the Lakers, you know, I think near the end of Kobe and after Kobe. The whole idea was just to tank so you could get the best draft pick. I feel like draft picks were less of a big deal in the past. and It was more like, okay, we got players in the league now. You know, we're going to try and get those players. We're going to try and win a championship. <laughs> but I've been out of the loop of sports for a while. I think I also quit watching sports in, like, the 10th grade. In the 9th grade, I used to watch basketball all the time. My favorite team was the Spurs. I really liked uh, Kawhi Leonard back when he uh, played for them. I even saw a playoff game between them and the Grizzlies. I think it was... Maybe his career high at the time. He got, like, 41 points or something, 40-something points. He was nailing, like, every three. They lost the game, but they won the series, you know? <laughs> Which, I mean, that was kind of fun. You know, I got to drive down with my mom to Memphis and uh, watch him play. Oh, yeah, dude, they were clowning on me, people in Memphis, because I was wearing the Kawhi Leonard jersey and everything. One of the few Spurs fans there, and they were like, better luck next time. Yeah, I feel like uh, more kids need more experiences like that, man. I, I regard that as a good experience. Some people look back on experiences like that. They're like, that's traumatic, you know. All these people are against me. But, but it, it was kind of all in good fun, you know. <laughs> I, I guess we won the series in the end. But even if we didn't, I think I lo- would have looked at that as fun. You know, it was my first basketball game and everything. Oh, I remember my, my mom was driving on the road, man. You know, she was on the highway, 70 miles per hour or something. There's this white truck in front of us. I think it was a... And in the in the bed of it, there was, like, a red wheelbarrow. And I don't know if it wasn't tied down right or something, the wheelbarrow, but it freaking just flew out of the bed, started coming right towards us. My mom, like, <laughs> like freaking turned the wheel so hard, got out of the way of that thing. And my life flashed before my eyes in that moment. I've had a few of those moments. I've uh, I've been a little stupid in my childhood, I guess. That's not one of those instances, but I used to climb up on, I guess, the wing set. Like, we had a treehouse back in Pittsburgh. Uh, and we had a wing set, you know, and there was, like, the wooden bar up on the top, you know, that I think uh, the screws went into that, you know, connected the swings or the swings hung from. I used to, like, walk on that like it was a tightrope or something, man. Seriously playing with death, man, you know. But here I am. I mean, the only thing I ever broke in my life was my wrist, I think. Broke my wrist when I was in seventh grade. Honestly, that was, that was like, puberty as well, man. Uh, that kind of shaped a bit of my life, I feel. You know, because... Broke my wrist. That took me out of commission for, like, two months. I still tried to do stuff, but I don't think I did much that summer. 
granted, I don't remember what I did most summers. I think the summer before the 10th grade, I worked at Zaxby's. So, you know, I've been working pretty much since the 10th grade. But before that, and that was the summer before the 7th grade. I don't even remember what I did in those summers. (laughs) You know, I mean, it seems like the earliest memories you have are only, like, when you're five years old. It's like, man, did those, like, first five years even happen? You know, I probably could have gone to China, you know, been working in, like, no, it doesn't even make any sense. Never mind. <laughs> I don't even know. You can't do much when you're four years old. But still, it's crazy that you can't remember that stuff, man. I guess consciousness comes by around five for some people. I think I was able to walk pretty early. Around a one-year-old. That's always been pretty fascinating, though. The amount of consciousness that people have. And that's been talked about a lot recently as well. You know, there's always the prevailing, or at least recently, there's the prevailing kind of meme, like, uh, persona of uh, the NPC, you know. I I guess the main thing about the NPC is that, you know, they're not conscious. You know, they don't manifest their own destiny. (laughs) Manifest their own destiny. (laughs) Manifest their own will. You know, they kind of just follow zeros and ones, you know, they're an animal, I guess you'd say, but I I guess because we're people who do have consciousness, we expect everyone else to have the same amount, if that's even a quantifiable thing, you know, so when we see they don't, you know, it's even weird to think of them as animals, we just think of them as, like, robots, you know, and that's our own creation, because, you know, we're creative animals, you know, even the creation of a sort of people as NPCs show that we're trying to create all the time, you know, because we're equating them to robots or something. To something that's been programmed in the past. <laughs> you know, it used to be 200 years ago we were just animals. But now people are saying a lot of us are just robots, you know. Elon Musk, you know, and other people like him See, there's a good chance we live in a simulation. You know, I have no proof. (laughs) Uh, Nobody has any proof, but it's like a weird thing to think about because he can't disprove it. You know, a lot of things, there are a lot of things in life that you can't prove, but you can't disprove. And that's definitely one of them. And it's definitely a scary one, you know. I feel like ever since the 80s and the 90s, we've lived with these sort of movies you know, like the Terminator and, like, other movies where <laughs> there's a sort of simulation. But that idea is really old, you know, sort of simulation idea. You know, like the Matrix and everything. It's like uh, Plato's allegory of the cave or whatever. It's basically the same thing. You know, people are shown things their entire life, but really they're not living in reality. You know, they're, like, they're living in a cave where they're shown projections by, you know, somebody in the back, you know, like, doing, like, hand puppets with the fire or something. I think that's what the allegory was, uh, pretty much. (laughs) But the one guy actually left the cave and found that, oh, man, there's a whole world out here. Yeah. But that's even more of a nuanced idea, because once he found out that there was a world out there, you know, people were saying... Oh, you're crazy. You know, even if there is a world out there, why do you want to leave here? It's so nice in the cave. You know? Yeah, man. Freaking Plato was a genius. Some people say that the Greek philosophers found their knowledge through the use of psychedelics. You know, uh, I don't know if I believe that, because I don't know where they got psychedelics from in ancient Greece. I guess I don't know much about psychedelics in general. Also, I think somebody was on uh, Joe Rogan, and he was talking... I think his name is Michael something. He was talking about coffee. Like, uh, I think the whole episode was pretty much about coffee, for the most part. I drink a lot of coffee, drink a lot of caffeine in general. And uh, he was saying the reason that ancient Muslims, you know, had the amount of knowledge they did... I think it was after... Yeah, after Rome fell, you know, like all the knowledge of the world kind of shifted to Muslim countries 
they were the centers of math, I guess, and science was because they had coffee, you know, that they had it since like the 1200s, I think, you know, while the rest of Europe was more or less in the dark ages, you know, until the Renaissance and like middle of the 1400s. That's a, that's a decent answer. I mean, that's believable, you know. <laughs> All that Europe had was alcohol. Yeah. But honestly, I mean, it's pretty weird to think that there are levels of consciousness even, you know, or that's even an idea. Because, you know, I, I see it with myself, you know, I've acquainted it. You know, I've talked about it with my friends. Remember, I was uh, smoking a cigar with my friend, and uh, we were just talking about, you know, people just, like, going through the world. You know, they just talk about whatever. They don't really think about it. Like, people who are able to, like, wake up late and not feel guilty about it and kind of able to, like, look at their phone all the time and not feel guilty about it. Like, whenever I look at my phone, whenever I wake up late, feel very guilty about it, you know, and, uh, I definitely voice that, because I'm still bad at it, you know, I mean, shoot, I, like, I try and wake up early, I can do it sometimes, usually what I do now is I just have to set a couple alarms, have to drink an energy drink right when I wake up, jump in the shower, that usually works for me, (laughs) but some people don't feel guilty about it, I'm like, man, uh, do they not know something that I, that I know? Because, I mean, that's, like, that's a narcissistic thing to think, you know? But, man, I mean, I woke up early this morning. I feel great, you know? It's, like, 8.47 for me. Woke up at 6. And it's spring break, you know? It make, it really empowers you. makes you feel amazing. Whenever I wake up, say I'm in college, I wake up at 10 o'clock, you know, and I skip a couple of classes. You know, this happened a couple of times throughout the year. I just feel terrible. It ruins my entire day. Pretty much can't do any work. And uh, it spirals out of control. But the one thing that always remains at the end of it is I feel bad. I feel bad that I wasted my day. And uh, it seems like sometimes people just don't feel bad about wasting their day. And, you know, that's what I was talking to my friend about. I was like, that's so weird to me. You know, do I just have more consciousness? Or... Is it more of an illusion? Because I feel like it would be hardwired into us, you know? If we're wasting our day, if we're wasting our lives, you know, that there would be, like, red lights going off. Like, come on, you got to, like, keep moving or something. But I don't know. You know, some people don't feel that impulse all the time. I used to have that, that impulse really strongly in the 10th grade. I feel like that's probably why I stopped doing a lot of things, you know? I had a sort of intuition that me not doing these things would help my life. You know, like I said, around that time, I quit video games. Around that time, I stopped watching sports extensively. Like, I watched so much sports, you know. Every time I got home from school, just turn on the TV, watch some basketball, you know. I I worked through my homework so slow, I'm surprised my parents never, like, stopped me. It was like, hey, you got to work on your homework first and then watch basketball. Because, you know, you, you trick yourself at that age. You're like, I can I can play basketball, or I can watch basketball, and I can do my homework at the same time. It's no problem. But, man, you're slowing down. You slow down big time. I mean, same thing in college, man. People always want to do stuff, and you sometimes want to go to it. FOMO is a big thing, you know, fear of missing out. I used to feel that a lot last semester. Because uh, the first year of college, I was actually, I was actually at more of a community college or a commuters college. It was like twenty minutes away from my house. I lived at home. And a lot of my friends from high school went to the bigger university, the University of Georgia or Georgia Tech or something, you know. And I feel like I was just missing out on everything, you know, because I wasn't making many friends. So, you know, like, a semester through my my time there, I was like, hey, you know, I, I called my friend Brett. I was like, hey, Brett, man, I'm, call- I'm coming to uh, University of Georgia. You know, so I spent, say, like, two semesters at this community college sort of thing. And uh, 
I transferred to the uh, the community college's campus that was near the the University of Georgia. And uh, during that time, you know, I still I made a lot of friends. You know, I still went to like a lot of the functions. Went to like a campus ministry that was connected to UGA. So I I still met a lot of people there, and I I still felt even when I didn't go to the school, you know, I was still going like to the smaller university. You know, that was just closer to UGA. I feel like I was missing out on things. But actually, when I switched to UGA, all those feelings went away. You know, I, I realized I wasn't missing out on much. But all that to say, you know, uh, when you do, you, you know, when, when you compromise, I, I guess, your own obligations, you know, you're surprised at how little you actually do. Like, you, you try and bring a computer to, like, a movie night at college. Oh, you do so little. You do so very little. Say you're doing calculus. There's one question. You probably do one question every hour, and you're like, hey, I did something, you know? If you sat down for 10 minutes, you would have done both of those questions, you know, and you could have just gone to the movie night and not had your laptop top out. And it uh, felt a lot better because you just focus on the movie, have fun with friends, you know? But, you know, we really, uh, I feel like it's because we push multitasking somewhat, you know? really made kids think that there's such thing as multitasking like I don't know I, I feel like there is a sort of multitasking like I can play video games and listen to a podcast I can actually do that pretty easily and like retain a decent amount of the knowledge from the podcast or I uh, listen to music maybe you know, I, I can do both of those. I kind of can get down with the music and kind of play the game at the same time. You know, you can walk and chew gum. You can do all of those, those things that are, I guess, technically multitasking. But you can't do, like, two tasks that require the same part of your brain. Like, you can't, you know, tweet on Twitter and then watch a movie. You know, it's like they both require your eyes, you know? But we really, we really do fool ourselves in that way. You know, could be another part of consciousness. You know, people who are just in the fourth dimension, you know, they can do like three things at once. Oh, man, that, that was a hard thing during high school, man. I used to do a lot of things. Not all at the same time, but I used to just really allocate my time well. <laughs> and, I, and I used to just give up my time freely, kind of, in a way. Because I felt pressure to do something, I guess, you know, for validation of others. Say in high school, uh, in the ninth grade, I didn't do much. Honestly, that's kind of weird. I didn't do much in the ninth grade. I think I just played basketball mostly. Got home from school, played basketball all the time. But I replaced that quickly. You know, once I got in the 10th grade, all my friends were doing theater. And uh, I just started doing theater, you know. We had, like, a 30-minute break between the end of the school day and uh, when we started drama practice. Then we were in drama practice for another two hours, you know. So I was at school from, like, say, 7.30 to 5.30. That's a long time. That's, like, 10 hours I'm at school. Then, at that point, I still haven't done any homework, you know, unless I worked at it, on it at drama practice, which I sometimes did. I was part of the ensemble of my first show, but... Uh, they, they still use us a lot, you know. The ensemble probably had to do the most, honestly. You know, if you if you were, like, a minor character who had, like, say, 20 lines, you probably didn't do much. You know, you were just there for your lines, and you weren't in the ensemble too, too much. But if you were the part of the ensemble, you were in every scene. You had to be moving. You have to be, like, you know, doing stage business, I guess, whatever that, that stuff's called. I've been out of the loop of theater for a while. And honestly, that stuff is, like, kind of cringy to me still. <laughs> I used to listen to a lot of musical theater, end of uh, 12th grade, probably. Now I can't listen to any of it. Like, if I listen to, like, one song from Hamilton, like, I'm leaving the room. I just can't do it for some reason, you know? And people are like, you gotta watch uh, the freaking new Rent movie with Andrew Garfield. You gotta watch Tick, Tick, Boom. And I'm like, no, dude, I'll literally die. <laughs> Like, I'll, I'll literally watch that, and I'll just cringe the entire time. It just won't be a pleasurable experience. 
I think, I think there, it's just like heavy hindsight, you know. You look back and you're like, man, that was not a good use of my time. But I still do like theater, you know. My sister's uh, the lead in uh, her theater production. She she went to the same high school that I did. Uh, and she's the lead right now. So I'm definitely going to get some of my friends to see that when it comes out. I think it's late April or something. <laughs> but yeah, maybe I would have felt differently if I actually got lead or something. I didn't really get any big parts in high school. I think my, honestly, my biggest part was, like, the first part I got. Or, no, there was the second part. Yeah, the second part I got. I got, like, uh, the Indian guy from Angie or Gun. I think I had, like, 60 lines or something. I had, like, a decent amount of lines. I felt great about that show because I was just a 10th grader. You know, I feel like I fell on top of the world because I was, like, the sixth biggest character or something. You know, <laughs> it didn't really go up from there. I think I expected it to go up from there. Kind of naive of me. But uh, that's just what we do as humans, I guess. But yeah, I I was I was gonna go to Charleston with my friends, honestly. Uh, what what day's today? Today's Tuesday the eighth. I was gonna go yesterday, on Monday. I think they're staying till Thursday. But I just decided to stay at home. You know, the gas prices have been soaring. You know, they I think one of them even offered for me to stay with them uh, at their Airbnb or whatever. But he, he didn't really get back to me. And also, I was like, even if he did, probably not going to go. Because I was like, man, it's like four bucks. It could reach five bucks in like the next few days. You know, I remember it used to be two bucks. Man. It's doubled in like the last like two and a half years or something. I think ever since coronavirus started, I think... Yeah, I think right before coronavirus, uh, or COVID, whatever you want to call it, I think gas was like two bucks. It was like at its lowest point, maybe in January. I maybe a bit before that, maybe like in December, when like coronavirus is no big deal. December two thousand nineteen. <laughs> what a time to be alive, man. Uh, yeah, I think it was no big deal. Gas prices were still pretty low, but now it's crazy. Just taking a one eighty because of Ukraine and everything wild times we're living in, you know, uh, I mean, there's a very low chance that anyone's going to get drafted, you know, and, uh, that's what everyone says, (laughs) we have enough reserves as an army and everything, but things can escalate really fast, and, uh, I think I've I've just been praying for that, honestly, that the stuff in Ukraine just gets resolved fast, you know, and that uh, Ukraine really fights the good fight and finishes it out, you know. They, they've really repelled the attacks pretty well so far, but, man, I, I can imagine the death count is really stacking up. But, I mean, even if Russia wins, I just hope it doesn't escalate at all. And I hope no human rights, you know, violations are happening over there. Now, they're definitely committing war crimes. I mean, you hear about that on the daily. On the daily, man, like, I think they've... Of course, uh, they've they've bombed some uh, nuclear plants, or at least they've gotten close. The largest one, I think, even in Europe. I could be wrong about that. But, yeah, I, th- I think uh, Russia's in the line of sight of it. And if that thing goes off, that nuclear plant, it will be, like, ten times bigger than Chernobyl, I've heard. And that would be catastrophic. I mean, Chernobyl is in every book. Everyone learns about it. It was a really terrible event, you know? The effects from Chernobyl are still even apparent to this day. (laughs) So, and the fact that Russia has all those nuclear weapons and that America might get involved in a conflict like this is scary. Because it it doesn't matter at the end of the day if me and my friends who are in college won't get drafted or I guess no one will get drafted because there's enough reserves that really doesn't matter at the end of the day if we're getting thrust into, like, a potential nuclear war with Russia and China, potentially. You know, because they're still allies. You know, and uh, honestly, our relationship with China, it hasn't been very good. 
you know, hasn't been very good. So that's something to be scared of. But I'm, I am very, very thankful to live in America because we're just so away from all the action. You know, if we were in Europe, say Poland, you know, or Germany, we'd just be so close to all that. In fact, uh, my roommate, before we went on spring break, this was about a week ago, or a couple of days after the Ukraine crisis started, <laughs> you know, he came out of his room and he said, dude, there are like troops near the, the border of Poland. Now I was like, Russia's not going to invade Poland. There's no way. But I believed it, you know. But I, I think he was just reading a headline. I think they were just on the border because they were just surrounding Ukraine. You know, uh, Belarus from the north, you know, they're allies with Russia. So they were just surrounding Ukraine, trying to kill them from all sides. But, man, it, it just sucks, man. You, you don't want to pray that, th- that this stuff is over soon, but you kind of do. I mean, people have put me down for saying that, you know, for voicing an opinion of just whichever way it goes. I hope it ends soon, but, man, I don't think people realize how fast this, this could turn into a world war. And, you know, I think people are just warmongers nowadays. There hasn't been a war in so long. People forget how it's like. You know, uh, it it's kind of like World War One. You know, we have so much new technology. It's like the beginning of a new century. You know, in uh, 2022. And what was it back then? Like 1914. We're just eager to test all this new technology, drone technology. All these nukes that haven't been used, you know, we could really, uh, we could really just blow up the earth pretty much. But, hey, I mean, I I don't think it's going to turn into that, honestly. I'm being very optimistic. Most of the people I know don't think it's going to turn into that either. I mean, Russia, for all intents and purposes, is losing this war. It looks like, you know... And also, diplomatically, they're definitely losing. You know, everyone's getting sanctioned. You know, Russian citizens are getting sanctioned from everything. Which, I don't know how fair that is. I guess that's just how war is, you know. I mean, of course, it's not the Russian citizens' fault. I mean, many of them did not agree with this war. They never wanted this war. But people are just saying that's how it is, for the most part. But, you know, this, this has been boiling over for a while, you know. The Ukraine has been invaded a couple of times, I think, you know, by Putin. Uh, it looks to me like he just wants to get back to the old glory of the USSR. But th- I don't think that matters to me too much right now. You know, what I think about mostly in my daily life is school. You know, where I'm going to be in a couple years, you know, which is weird, because this could just ruin a generation, you know, like it did to, uh, the last, you know, during World War II, I mean, a lot of his moves, Putin is who I'm talking about, kind of mirror the moves of Hitler, you know, and people have pointed that out, and you don't want to throw out those claims willy-nilly, but, I mean, it's definitely true, you know, I mean, we haven't really been fighting back, I think, in a meaningful way. I mean, I think to some degree, to some degree, that's understandable. Like I said at the beginning of World War II, when appeasement was happening, I guess before the beginning of it, we weren't dealing with nuclear weapons. Now we are, and now there's a lot of them, and we're just in a more global world. You know, everything is connected through the Internet, you know, it's just so weird that we can hold this device in our hand. We can tweet at anyone in the world. You know, if they have internet connection, they can see that stuff. They can get mad about it, shaking their chair about some, like, person who's just sitting in their mom's basement, you know. That's literally what I'm doing right now <laughs> while I'm back at home from college. But, yeah, honestly, I think that's going to conclude this podcast for today. Actually, nah, nah. I think we, we got to talk about something else.
before we end, because, like, we kind of talked about Ukraine for a while. <coughs> that That's going to put a damper on people's moods. You know, what, what can I talk about, honestly? Oh, freaking Neuralink, man. Yeah, that, that's crazy to me. The fact that Elon Musk, you know, he just moves so fast with this whole thing. You know, it moved from, at the end of last year, they were testing it on monkeys. They could get monkeys to play Pong or something. I might be thinking of something else. Anyways, they got them to play some sort of game with Neuralink, and they could control their actions or whatever through this chip. And now they're doing human trials, apparently. I think I think currently they're doing human trials with Neuralink. And it could just come out very soon. That would definitely change everything. You know, I've heard people say that humans are more than more than ever playing God, you know, and that it could bite us in the butt pretty bad. You know, because you don't just see it with Neuralink, you also see it with the metaverse, you know, with Mark Zuckerberg. Uh, you know, Facebook changed their name to Meta, and now that's where they're focusing. Now, that wasn't a very good decision on the side of Facebook, you know. It seems as though it's backfired. He's lost a lot of money. Facebook has lost a lot of money. You know, I, people just don't like the idea of the Metaverse very, very well, but... It might just happen anyways, and there might be some adopters, and it's kind of weird. You know, we're basically, we're creating a simulation, which, I mean, when you put it like that, that's like, that's weird as hell. It's not a comfortable thought. You know, there, there's been a lot of, I guess, I guess funny memes that sprout out of it, but I don't think, I don't think I'd want to live in that type of thing. But they're going to find ways to make it enticing if it continues you know, because there's just so many, I guess, low points, neutral points in life. Why is a story so gripping? You know, say like the Batman. It's because it just shows all the most like narratively powerful parts of a story. You know, it doesn't show the boring stuff. It shows all the stuff that's completely important and all the stuff that's captivating. And and the metaverse could be like that. You know, you could live somebody else's life and have it pretty much all just be captivating all the time. And if some people get a little bit of a taste of that, you know, say they spend an hour there, they're like, you know, maybe I don't want to leave. So it's very weird the times we're living in. And uh, I definitely want to learn more about it. You know, probably going to be buying some virtual real estate, some cryptocurrency, because, uh, hey, whether it comes or not, people are going to profit off of it, so why not? And on that note, I'll leave you guys, because there's like there's like a freaking leaf blower in the background. Sorry about that. This has been the Ledric Lothric. Or wait, the Ledric Labyrinth. I'm sorry. <laughs> the Ledric Labyrinth. Ledric Lothric. I mean, Lothric is a location for Dark Souls. But yeah, this, is, this has been the Ledric Labyrinth. Abraham Ledric Rodriguez here. I'll see you guys later.